Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. fantasy baseball calendar has officially flipped to the new year in my mind our draft has started how are you feeling about it yeah screw pitchers and catchers (laughs) our fantasy baseball draft started so baseball is in the air my friend that's right the new year is whatever day that first pick gets made yeah rolling draft i remember hearing this idea and it being explained to me four or five times and saying okay well i don't know how this could possibly work and it works totally flawed but it it does yeah. help grow the anticipation yeah, it, it is remarkably broken but we're all so impatient that we have to do it oh absolutely <laughs> yeah so we've already um we've got five keepers we've got rights players uh you have already drafted basically essentially your six round player as david price and your seventh round player as Zach Britton. That's right. For a second, I thought that was a dig saying that David Price wasn't even worth a, a sixth rounder, but I realized it wasn't. I think a lot of people would love to get him in the sixth <clears throat> round. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I was telling you earlier, that's an odd, uh, that's kind of the odd couple in terms of marriages because he is going to strike out a ton of people, win a ton of games. And might have an ERA of four again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, Zach Britton also might have an ERA of four this year. Like, I, I'm not I'm not super confident, but I picked him because I know that Buck Showalter will go with him until he actually keels over on the mound. Yeah, that that is true. And that was incredibly important to me this year. <laughs> yeah, I made the bold decision of grabbing Jansen. I hope that he plays like it's a contract year again. <laughs> yes and as you as you so eloquently said you did bring the handsome to your team and i am i brought the handsome to my team of course about cole Cole hamels he is he really is a handsome man like he he's a very handsome man that is true yeah you know when he's when he's got that couple days of scruff going wow yeah ashton kutcher watch out (laughs) wow well i was going to talk about dylan Patances, uh one of our favorite mm. uh, players from season zero of this. Uh, did you hear about some of the um, some of the shade that was thrown on him by the Yankees organization? Yeah, he. That's not going to be a happy work environment, is it? I can't imagine <laughs> wanting to work for that company if they if they said the kind of things like, "Oh yeah, he's overrated." He's like, you know. No one cares about him. It was his fault that we didn't sell enough seats. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know. About? Like a super bizarre stuff to say. And and then like, uh, I mean, just the the nerve of the organization doing that and then holding up Araldis Chapman. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Well, welcome to season one. 
in this the first or the zeroth of the season one podcasts we're gonna <laughs> lay out a little bit of who we are and then after the break we're gonna start a series that we're gonna do just getting our bearings on some of the fantasy stats so take it away eric before we start in earnest i think it will be good for us to step back introduce ourselves reintroduce ourselves to some um, introduce the pod and provide a bit of narrative um, I, intru- I introduced us at the top, and to quote Dr. Evil, the details of our lives are quite inconsequential. Be that as it may, we like fantasy, um, as it applies to baseball games and the genre. We also enjoy developing analytical tools and computational tools for supporting the former habit. We are also in a league together called A League of Their Own, A-L-O-T-O for short. Do you call it a lotto? I've never done that before, but I think we could. I always call it a lotto in my mind. I don't know. I There are a lot of emails in our league, and so you read it more than you hear it. So the league that, that league is a 12-teamer, head-to-head, mixed, keeper league with a rolling draft, as already mentioned. We'll talk more on that later. Um, our goal is to share our tools with a little help from the fantasy genre for context, illusion, and fire and ice breakers i think so if you will absolutely um in (laughs) in doing so we hope to broaden the way our audience approaches fantasy baseball we put our methods and thinking out into the public in the spirit of open source Uh, we help our others in the hope that the community will help us improve ourselves and improve themselves we want to hear people challenge our tools and thought processes so we can improve I like in the spirit of open source. I, I don't believe our, our tools are technically open source, but you know, a little of that, a little of this. So Mike, any, any thoughts as we, uh, as we move on here? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, longtime listeners will, uh, will note that they're going to have to wait until May for our 10 part series on the HBO special game of Thrones. Mm. But, uh, Rest assured, you will get more than enough of that. And as we ramp up into the fall, you can be just confident that there will be much breaking down of Star Wars. But I think in terms of fantasy, you can expect to hear us make a lot of fun of each other for our teams. Um, we've, we've both made some pretty poor picks in the past. One of us significantly more than others. And... Uh, we're going to try and improve that. We're going to keep going up and up, I think. And these tools are both helping us improve ourselves. And uh, we hope that somebody else will get some benefit from that, I think, as well. Yeah, and it's it's a great way to get our thinking out there so that we can codify some of our thoughts. Um, have some of the tools actually show us how we're idiots. I know that I've had mm-hmm. one or two that have done, done that. And um, have some of our tools tell us that you know, we're on to something and we need to just hit the uh, nail on the head harder. Each year that we do this podcast, I think I want to re- revisit this section uh, so that we ensure new listeners are clued in on what we're trying to do and old listeners are warned if we start deviating from what we're saying right now. Uh, back to the nuts and bolts, it's my opinion that fantasy advice can be very confusing. Um, for instance, X has no business being owned. Y shouldn't even play baseball and Z will kill your team. Well, great. But in what league? 
So we are going to contextualize everything by centering things within our league context. Each listener can adjust our advice based on their league. Say you have a 10-team league with no bench. You have a 14-teamer. You can still listen, just adjust accordingly, and we'll be happy to help uh, you formulate that adjustment. I'm sure that would be a great topic for us to cover in the mm. podcast as well. So just ask. Uh, with that said, um, the league that we have is a bit of a mess. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, so we have a 12-teamer. We keep five. We have uh, each week 10 category uh, standard scoring um, runs, hits, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases. On the hitting side, Ks, wins, whip, ERA, saves. On the pitching side, it's a head-to-head uh, format, standings based on category totals. Um, positions, we have catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, four outfield spots, two utilities, four starting pitchers, three relief pitchers, six bench, three DL spots. The original intent was that we would have as much of a mimicry of real baseball as possible. Since then, we've added an outfield spot and an extra DL spot. So, yeah. I don't know. I, it's kind of standard. It's kind of standard. I think it's it's standard, but as you'll hear as we go through our league, the implementation and how it works in practice in our league is pretty unique. Absolutely. We tend to be really heavy on the pitching side, and we're going to get into that a little bit, or I'm going to mention that a little bit when we get to the other when we get to the other second half. Yeah, a lot of streaming-esque. But then we have some really interesting other features. This is I actually really like these aspects. Um, we have a minor league rights squad. So we have five guys, uh, five to seven guys, and maybe that's a little bit more complex than we should get into. So we have a five-man five right squad. Um, three of them have to still maintain their rookie eligibility, which means that you actually can have things like Trey Turner being on rights still this year, which means that one lucky team who's been hoarding him for a little while has an effective extra you know, mid-round pick because he's got Trey Turner or, or early-round pick, depending upon how you feel about him. Listen to uh, Pod 034 for our feelings there. Oh, yeah disagreement and i don't i don't actually think that you like this aspect of our league necessarily but we have free agent auction budget or fab dollars so every team starts the year with a hundred dollars and instead of a standard waiver wire we bid on players rolling twice per week mondays and thursdays do you hate that no i i Uh, like fab i just think every single year something happens that makes it controversial oh it is it is the shadiest part of our league for sure (laughs) uh yeah absolutely we also have an 18 week regular season and all of these rules are enumerated in our league constitution which is in fact longer than the u.s constitution it is a behemoth (laughs) really is yeah so that's our that's our league and that's some of the context um of what we'll be talking about over the course of over the course of this podcast, we're happy to adjust the way that we talk, but um, you know, that's to give you a sense of when we're going head-to-head on some debates, that's that's where it comes from. Um, I'm sure we're missing some vital info, but 
that should give you the context. Lastly, our goal is to keep this podcast weekly, helpful, insightful, and pertinent. Whip. Our hope is that we can build a community of like-minded thinkers, so keep in contact, listeners. Welcome to Season 1. Despite all of our best efforts, things don't always go as smoothly as we want them to. Here's an example. We have six bench spots, and we have three DL spots. We just added one new DL spot as... I'm going to have to go back. This is it. This is is the last one. (laughs) At the outset of every season, I like to step back and try and reconsider the global facts about specific stats as they pertain to fantasy. So this week I'm thinking about what the landscape of strikeouts looks like in the MLB but I'm doing it from the pitching perspective, so we're going to ignore the fact that Eric loves to pick up guys that strike out all the time. And we're going to think about what this oh means boy. for our fantasy teams. But let me ask you right off the bat, do you have a benchmark in Ks that you try to hit for when you're constructing your team? You mean totals? In any in any sense. Like, are you when you're thinking about Ks, are you thinking, you know, I want to get this many this week, I want to get this many total, I want this many 200K guys... I do. I have benchmarks that I think about, and unfortunately, I never think about them together. I do have <laughs> benchmarks that I think about in terms of week to week, but that's more in season. Yeah. I, I kind of readjust because I think it's hard when you're drafting to consider that. I do try to think of my first four starters. Hmm. I want them to average at least 180 Ks. Interesting. All right. Well, I think that despite the fact that I think you just pulled that number out of your ass, there's actually going to be some good theoretical underpinning for that. And it turns out that I've recently realized that getting K's is more of an art than simply trotting out as many arms as possible during a week. And I know no that, way. I know that no anyone way. in our league who's listening to this is just laughing right <laughs> now. But this lesson enabled me to have, I think, and I'm going to ask you, was last year my best pitching squad ever at the end of last year? Was it the one that clicked the most? Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was arguably it was not bottom five. It was arguably the worst, like objectively worst pitching squad I've ever had. But I think I actually figured out that I don't either have to just start everyone or sit everyone. There is a gray area in matchups. Well, who knew? Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter if the team is the worst team. Sometimes you can squeeze effective innings out of them i you know what well newfound new man now and so just as we're getting into these things this year this is our first sort of example um so one of the things that i did this past week was to look at k's and try and as i was trying to get this bearing we have to collect the both the projections and the statistics um i think we both sort of have favorite websites or favorite places that we go to um, I don't. I really don't like getting data from CBS personally. I find it very cumbersome. Getting data from there or relying on the data uh, from CBS? I would say both. But <laughs> <laughs> so, but this week actually, what I liked was that, and actually at the beginning of the season, I used the website Fantasy Pros, which collects collates a huge variety of projections and puts it all together, and so they'll give you a little bit more of the. Um, standard deviations that you and I know and love when we're making predictions. 
Yeah, they're getting a little sleeker, Fantasy Pros. Yeah, they are getting a little bit sleeker. Um, and so I've developed, you know, some favorite methodologies. And so for me, a, a traditional Web workflow. 2.0. <laughs> a traditional workflow would be to go to Fantasy Pros, download some of their spreadsheets, read those back into Python, which is going to be our workhorse language, I think. I think I've gotten you a little bit away from R for at least conversing with me. Yeah, I that which means that I've figured out... Um how to use python in our type way yeah yes you have our code is written inherently differently i think when we start uh showing people it they'll they'll know who's who's pretty quickly oh absolutely so we, we use python we use uh web scraping techniques to grab as much data as we can this week in particular i grabbed projections from as many sites as i could to get a sense of the error and also i grabbed the 2016 stats so that we could have a little bit of a comparison so what do we actually know about Ks? And to me, this starts with a really simple question. How many guys are going to get over 200 strikeouts this year? Um, my estimate, I'll just tell you right off the bat, I would say that there's going to be the same as 2016, which is 11 guys. Wow, there were only 11 guys. There were only 11 guys. If you ask me which 11 it'll be, I can't guarantee you to guess that. All right, so the 2016 guys who realized 200 strikeouts. Kluber, Sale, Syndergaard, Scherzer, Bumgarner, Verlander, Archer, Price, Pineda, Hamels, and Ray. Ray? Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. Right? So, but it turns out that if you plot the distribution, so if you made a histogram of the strikeouts in a given season, there's a real turnover. The tail at 200 is real. At 200 and greater is real. Uh, now, one thing that I find interesting is that when you compare this to the 2017 projections, there's only nine guys projected to hit 200 Ks this year, at least in the standard expert consensus. And so what that means is that the, to me anyway, that there are probably three guys that are going to hit 200 Ks that aren't on this list, if that makes any sense. I think that people tend to be a little shy in predicting the high end of things. And so, because you, I mean, you, I, you would have thought I was crazy if I told you that Robbie Ray was going to hit 200 strikeouts last year. I am just, Robbie Ray, what the heck? What, when did I stop following baseball last year? That is amazing. Yeah, my, uh, Pineda a couple years ago it would not have surprised me, and I still sometimes there are players that I still have that stuck in my head what their original ceiling was. Robbie Ray, crap. <laughs> right. So, so anyway, uh, we got we got a little off the rails there, but it's it's it really Absolutely. it really is important. So if you if we're if we return to the histogram, there's another big drop after 160 strikeouts, and then it's a roughly linear decrease after that. Yeah. But in a league like ours, where pitching is, I would say, deep, so even if you say that there's 10 guys, 10 pitchers per team times 12 teams, 120 pitchers rostered at any point, at any point in time in our league. But there's only... It doesn't even count. There's really only guys. 40 good pitchers. Like, yeah. no one's... I mean, you're... Just look at the 40th through 60th pitchers, and you already feel like, oh, man, I'm kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here on guys that I actively you know, feel good about owning. Absolutely. 
and actually this bears out when I was looking at the, the distribution, the compared distribution between what you predict for 2017 and what was realized in 2016. So I mentioned before that guys aren't really willing to predict the outliers on the extreme ends. So the top 10, they mm -hmm. tend to be a little depressed. So the guys that end up with the top 10 totals, total strikeouts, they're less willing to predict something like 250 yep. strikeouts for Max Scherzer. Like no one's confident enough to predict that, but somebody might hit 250 this year. I mean, who knows? Maybe if we get a full Kershaw season, he just blows it away. He definitely should. And then there's a flat distribution. And then after a while, uh, the regression to the mean flips the other way. And so after you get outside of the top 50, people are more confident in thinking, oh yeah, this guy's going to get get his Ks when in actuality the 50th through 130th guys last year didn't realize that K total didn't actually get there. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I was thinking about this week is how can we start to identify that earlier on with small sample sizes? And I think we hit on this a little bit last year and I, I don't want to lose sight of um, looking at K rates as we go into things. Right. There are clear turnovers and clear features in the K rate distribution as well. And we talked about this extensively last year with K pitchers. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything you want, you want to keep in mind as we're going forward? Anything you're going to do to, to stay on top of getting Ks? I haven't identified a new scheme for this year <laughs> about getting, getting Ks, but you're right. That's, I think that's, it's really important to identify those players between the 50 and 130 who are for real yeah who are going to match their projections and my hope is that we can start to look at last year and see if we can compare some results on a week by start by start basis to see which guys like how fast it takes for a player to change that that trajectory the ones who have decided to you know take a mile per hour off their fastball and actually hit the strike zone a little bit Please more. Please don't you know? make any cracks about David Price. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a crack at David Price. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yet. None yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. So I think, um, but, you know, I was thinking back on the guys that were sort of outliers last year. Like, what do you do with somebody like Fulmer? I know. I, I don't, it's it's super hard for the people that have no track like record. He turned out to be real. I mean, what do you do with even somebody, even somebody like, let's go back to it, like somebody with like Robbie Ray. How do you know when, like at what point during the season where you're like, wow, he's on track for 200 strikeouts? Well, I think that, yeah, that it's, it's going to be really important. And I think this is where um, we had talked about trying to do a little more PCA this year. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to try to get these guys into buckets because Robbie Ray had, Still had a terrible ERA last year. So yeah. you can kind of identify some guys who are still going to be valuable, who are still You're junk right. Pitchers. I think, I mean, the key is like, what is your team construction going to be? Like, Robbie Ray is going to be really valuable on somebody's team. Mm -hmm. You just have to build build your team to it. Build your team around Robbie Ray. Right, well, I know. Everyone's thinking it. <laughs> yeah, they're good. <laughs> well, and on that note, we should end on that excellent advice. Everybody get out yeah. there, build your team around Robbie Ray. <laughs> yeah, just wait until the 10th round. You can have him on yeah. the cheap, though, for sure. I would say so. Jeez, yeah, I'm going to target Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray Robbie Ray versus Zach Grinke. Who's going to get more Ks on that team? Well, Zach Grinke's not going to end the team in a Diamondbacks jersey or end the season in a Diamondbacks jersey, but uh, Shelby Miller. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay buddy. Yeah. Yeah. There he is. LB Miller. <laughs> if you if you want to put that in the bed box, I am more than happy to put a Shelby Miller versus. You know, I'd give you a twofer. If he beats one of the two of them, you'll win on it. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. I will take that. Bet. All right. Okay. So in the bed box is Shelby Miller with more K's than either Zach Grinky or Robbie Ray. All right, buddy. You want to wrap this sucker up? Yeah, you have some interesting topics laid out for this. At least I'm I'm really struggling to see what the segue is going to be. So let's give it a shot. <laughs> how about <laughs> how about this like real life Bond scenario where Kim Jong Nam is that how you pronounce his I name? Think so. Gets killed on a what, game show? Real? What what exactly no, was it? Was, Hidden camera he was, show? He was in an airport, and it was just a prank. I, I thought that it was like I thought it was like taped for yeah. a like hidden camera. I mean that's I mean it's ridiculous. Like that that if you had told me was that going to be the plot of the next James Bond movie within the plot of the next James Bond movie or real life, I would have said James Bond. Oh, uh, we should we should probably play that game with like random things that North Korea does, but. Did you see? Did you see that the, one of the women who's accused of this was wearing a shirt that just said "lol" on it? <laughs> well, yeah, I've you've you've probably had some uh, people like that in in your classes with very inappropriate T-shirts. I had this one girl come to every single geography class that I had with at least one American expletive on it. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I mean, the question, do you know, you know, you, you are going to a master's program and an American university, yeah. you should know what that means and that you shouldn't do that. But yeah, lol. Maybe she just felt like being provocative. I don't know. But yeah, VX man, nerve gas. That's, that's nothing to mess around with apparently. Yeah. What? <laughs> Who's making that? Like, that was my big question. I read, I read some of the chemistry. Book. Oh, really? That's where my head was at. Like, wow, people are actually making this. That's nuts. How did she handle it That's correctly the thing. if she didn't know that? That's it... the thing. Like, if you thought she if knew. you thought you were just holding a water bot like a spray bottle full of water, like you're not careful. Like, I spill water on myself all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, what if she just like yeah sprayed it in her face? Yeah, exactly. See, I wonder what it feels like. Boom, dead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's messed up. Wow. Do not cross him. All right. Speaking of things that you do not cross Leicester City fans Claudio Ranieri gets fired that was not Can fair you... that's not fair why do you get fired come on I know that's well it's because they're absolutely horrible they're gonna get relegated uh yeah I mean we both spent some time across the pond so we're um not fluent in football as they say but we're conversant in soccer there's, you know, there's there's a lot of shame in being relegated. I understand that. But, like, they're going to find somebody else who wants to coach a newly relegated team. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why. I think that they can still pull it out. And the question is, like, why they didn't keep the right players? Why didn't they pay the right players? Does and, 538 have um, odds for them to get relegated? I'm sure they do. All right. We'll have to. I haven't taken a look we'll for do that. a little look on that. This year, this season, I think that we are going to do review sessions that are food-related, food-centric. Try to keep it, you know, within at least something logical. So today, 
review session topic is jelly. Mike, what do you think? I I'm a big fan of jelly, actually. I uh I think, you know, I I love to subsist on some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for for quite mm-hmm. a bit of time. And you know what? I'm not really particular. I get that the vehicle for extra like mushy sweetness in there and I'm good. I'm fine with it. How do you feel so about you, that? You don't have a preference on grape or strawberry? Well, I I think that uh for a long time I tended away from grape, but now I regard it as sort of an exotic thing. But uh if I had if I had to pick one exotic. forever, it'd be strawberry. Strawberry, strawberry jelly. Yeah, when uh when I was in Hawaii, they had a lot of um they had like, you know, tropical jellies. It was kind of kind of nice to do something odd but let me just tell you you are wrong <laughs> jelly sucks <laughs> you're like a you're a preserves man i mean what are you Here, i am a jam man 150 <laughs> percent. there is nothing better than jam ah uh, come on you put it on a sandwich and you just want it to be all lumpy like what's your plan here absolutely i want to still like have some resemblance to the original fruit I, I have an important corollary do you eat crunchy or smooth peanut butter on your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i'm a smooth oh peanut well butter. i mean kind that of. kind of settles it like <laughs> well, this is just crazy <laughs> i didn't know this was gonna be peanut butter and jelly. i time. didn't either but it uh it makes so much sense now i understand jam 150 percent. do you not remember how many times i <laughs> i brought current jam that i had i had taken apart in making no, i i know <laughs> i just to frank hall oh man current current jam there is nothing better than current jam. <sighs> I, it's got the yeah, nice I, this nice sweet little acid no no, give Teeny me just bit better. Oh, just pulverize so that fruit. Just give me just just hammer that hammer me with the fruit taste. I don't care what it looks like. Just boom. It'd just be like congealed fat, just jiggling around. Yeah, that you just sounds like you just summed up the Midwest, man. We're good. <laughs> jelly, this guy and jelly. All right, so just to conclude the review session. Um, <laughs> Michael is wrong, and I am right. Jam is awesome. Current jam, 150%. All right, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. You can tra- uh, try tracking us down by our personal email or sending us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com again mind the z all i got left for you is worst of luck to you buddy worst of luck to you too